SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome. Diamond Bets is on the air. My name is Matt. His name is Joe. Welcome in. Follow along at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, and, of course, at Joe Pizzapia 17 That's right. The Joe is Joe Pizzapia. The mind behind the Black Book series has changed the way we look at sports, especially from turning it into a financial gain. Joe Pizzapia, come on in. What's going on, man? A lot to talk about a few days away from opening day. Yes, I am equal parts excited that we're going to have baseball next week. In fact, we show up here next Sunday. There's going to be real games that really matter with real stats and real wagering things to talk about. Not that we don't have that today because we do, but I'm also hurt in my heart because as a loser Met fan, once again, injury has reared its ugly head just in time to clip the wings of what might be a very exciting season. But I'm used to it, Matt. I'm used to it. I'm sure as a Cardinals fan, Jack Flaherty will show up and he'll be fine the rest of the season at some point. But uh, as a Mets fan, this is why we don't have nice things. But regardless, I'm going to put my personal feelings aside today and be excited overall for the return of baseball this week. So let's kick things off, buddy. All right. Well, the name of the show is Diamond Bets, and we like to take a look at baseball in its entirety from that perspective, whether it be season-long fantasy players, DFS players, or even those that are starting to take advantage of the wagering aspect, especially in states that are starting to open up. So I think you alluded to it. Here comes the news. Jacob deGrom out indefinitely. And now we also hear Max Scherzer will have a question mark next to his name as well. In totality, how does that affect the landscape of baseball from a financial point of view? (laughs) Well, if you look at the line for the Mets, Matt, it went from 10 to 1 when we were making these show sheets together for the weekend to 15 to one. So there's that jump right there just to win the world series. Jacob deGrom Cy Young award odds changed dramatically as did the rest of the board because of that in the national league. So the Jacob deGrom factor is huge because this is a pitcher who, if you look at the stats last year, wasn't just good. We're talking dominate. We're talking otherworldly, unbelievable good. And, And I know there's other things to get to, but it's the Jacob deGrom headline that I think where we have to start. Uh, and it's unfortunate that we have to start at a negative note today, but it's such a huge piece of the pie because Jacob deGrom, historically speaking, has been an excellent pitcher the last few years. But last year in particular, it was just off the chart. The ERA, the strikeout per nine, the complete and utter dominance. I think he had, what, nine walks and in 90 innings or something absurd like that. So whenever you take a pitcher like that out of a rotation, it's going to greatly affect not only the wagering landscape, but it's also going to affect this team. Now, they do have another ace in Max Scherzer. They say the hamstring issue is a small issue. It's not a big deal. He threw on Saturday. Okay, that's fine. But he's an older pitcher, too. And what this does is it put a lot more rotation pressure on guys like Chris Bassett to step up, Taiwan Walker, Cookie Carrasco. So these are all pitchers right now that were slated for two, you know, three, four, five in the rotation. Now they've got to be two, three, four in that rotation. And there's talk of them acquiring potentially another pitcher, maybe Taylor McGill is going to get some time there in this rotation too. But DeGrom's going to be out for a month before he can pick up a baseball again, if all things go well. And that if, I think, is what's always hanging over us as Mets fans and and as baseball fans. You know, it's bad for baseball when a town like Jacob DeGrom can't take the ball every fifth day because that, to me, is that one thing where you 
you get excited. It's must-see television. It's good for the game. It's good for the sport. Mm -hmm. It's good for sports, period. And from a wagering perspective, too, is a fun guy to wager on. You know, you could, you could set the over-under on earned runs for Jacob deGrom, and it could be, uh, you know, one. And people would still take the under as we welcome in our radio audience here to Diamond Bets. It's Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia talking baseball with you like we do every Sunday morning right here on Sports Grid. But the other headlines here, Matt, um, also just came around the wire uh, late last night. Justin Upton gets DFA'd by the Angels. They're going to pay him a boatload of money to sit at home, at least for now. <laughs> Uh, Evan Longoria is going to miss significant time to around six weeks with a finger issue. Uh, Hunter Green, good news, though. The young Reds yeah. pitching prospect who was dominant in double and triple A last year. He makes the rotation, so that's very exciting. We've had some injuries with uh, Luis Castillo in the spring. Tyler Molly is a little banged up right now, so Hunter Green is going to get a look in that rotation spot. He should be good for about 150 innings, and early K props on this guy is something you want to target right away. He has electric stuff. And then the Pirates... I guess the future isn't quite now because they sent Anyo Cruz, their shortstop, down to AAA Indianapolis. Now, what they're going to do, Matt, is they're going to work him out in the outfield more. It seems like that's what they're trying to do from a defensive standpoint. He is a bigger guy. You don't see a lot of yeah. six foot seven shortstops, Matt. It's just not something you <laughs> see in baseball. So it's probably a good thing. Let him get some reps there for a month or so and then bring him up to the major leagues and let him be an everyday player. I think that's the plan for the Pirates. But what's your impact here? Uh, on the Jacob deGrom. I want to hear your thoughts on this injury that's going to, you know, have him out for at least a month before he can even be reevaluated, basically. Well, this is market shifting news, in my opinion, especially as a wagerer, especially coming up to the trends that the first part of the season have shown us, especially over the last five years. And when we come back, we're going to discuss those trends. We're going to discuss how the loss of Jacob deGrom and for how long is going to affect that landscape and how we can try to find some of the, the rubble that's going to fall from the heap because there are ways to go. There's ways to go with the bat. There's ways to go with some other arms as well. You mentioned Hunter Green. I think that that's a great thing for wagers because now you have this SP3 or maybe this SP4 and you have Vlad Gutierrez. Now they become profitable. So on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit more about what I think is going to be a profit coming out of DeGrom's loss, Joe. All right. I, I like the positive spin you're trying to put on this, but uh, <laughs> I'm skeptical, but I'm going to try to believe I'm going to do my best. When Matt and I come back, we're going to talk about some of the spring training performances that mattered right here on Diamond Bet. So don't go anywhere. We're just getting started here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Diamond Bets. It's a show about life choices both off and on the air. My name is Matt. His name is Joe. The discussions that go on here and there are important because as Joe mentioned before we went to break, uh, Jacob deGrom out indefinitely truly affects the entire baseball landscape from a season-long fantasy, DFS fantasy, uh, daily wagering perspective. It really changes everything. So let's look mm -hmm. at some players who may be able to fill in a gap, Joe Pizzapia. Yeah, well, they might uh, in terms of uh, some of those other investments, maybe in fantasy they might be making. But there's no replacing Jacob DeGrom. I, I pulled up the stats just again to see how dominant this guy was last year. Matt, 92 innings. I know that's not a lot of innings, but a 0.54 whip, a 1.08 ERA. So I wasn't being hyperbolic when I said if you could set the ERA number 
for the night of like one and a half the over under i mean it's just crazy 146 strikeouts in those 92 innings and just 11 walks i mean the guy was just how he only had seven wins i don't know i don't know how that's possible i guess it's the mets offense that's how it's possible but from one negative met thing to a, a positive one francisco lindor had a good spring and he's one of the guys we're going to talk about today because spring doesn't really matter all that much except for certain guys where it does. And whether it's guys who are coming back from injury, coming back from down seasons, a good spring is a good start to get back on track and finally start to show a little bit of the talent that we all know certain players have or have the potential to show. And if you look at Francisco Lindor this spring, four home runs, 10 RBI so far, six runs scored, hitting 400 with a 1408 OPS. Now, Lindor's had good springs in the past, but I think from a perspective of people looking at, you know, season-long props on Francisco Lindor, this is a guy that's got 25-25 kind of talent. He's got power, he's got speed, he's a great defensive player, makes good contact historically also. And what you wanted to see is a healthy Lindor coming into the season with a good attitude and ready to kind of rock from day one. I think last year, Matt, more than anything, it was the change and moving from Cleveland to New York. It's a very different market, very different place. We see guys who sign big contracts like Lindor or even Bryce Harper a couple years ago, too. They tend to struggle out of the gate, right? There's a lot of pressure they put on themselves. The families have to adjust, right? Your lifestyle adjusts. It's a new city, new teammates, new everything. And there was a lot of pressure on Lindor last year to perform. And at some point when he wasn't performing, the crowd lets you know about it. I mean, that's New York. That's Boston. That's Chicago. That's a couple of those cities. So in other places, it's a little bit more forgiving. And I think if you look at the numbers at the end of the year, they were encouraging. Lindor looked more like Lindor that we were used to seeing playing for the Cleveland Guardians these last few years. And I think that's something you want him to carry over into 2022. And I'm positive right now that he can. So I think Lindor is one of these guys that it's very important for him to bounce back, get off on the good foot, so to speak which is, I believe, a James Brown song, if memory serves. But Lindor's <laughs> performance this spring is encouraging, Matt. Are you encouraged that Lindor can get back to being that all-star level talent that he was all those seasons past and bring that performance to the New York Mets this year for an entire season? Well, when you look at the market as a whole, when you look at the landscape, I like to use that word. It makes me feel cool. Uh, you want players like this to to be back on track, especially considering the fact that the organization signed him for it. You want him to perform to that level because it'll bring an adjustment in the market. Now, Lindor has been a down player for quite some time. So if, if this spring is an indicator of where Lindor is going to go, I think it opens up some options for the Mets from a wagering perspective and from all the perspectives that we talk about on the show. Uh, but here's the thing. I also always believe in work. Factoring in decline, understanding what a player was versus what a player can become, and utilizing the player what they are today. You know, Albert Pujols is a great example. There, there's a way you wager on Albert Pujols today, maybe not today, or that you differently than you did two, five seasons ago. So you have to be uh, aware of things like that. Lindor is one of those players for me. But if he's hot, Joe, he ignites an entire lineup and makes everyone around him valuable, and that's what I like. Yeah, and he's not a guy who's going to hit 230. He hit 230 last year. I mean, the year before, he was at 259, but historically, he's in that yeah. 270s to 300 range even. Uh, but it's the power that really got zapped. Just 20 home runs. If you go back, historically, he had three straight seasons before 2020, uh, which was the shortened season of hitting 30 bombs and stealing at least 15 bags. That's the player that the Mets paid for, and I think that's the guy we're going to see. You're right. There will be decline eventually, especially players who use their legs so much. 
they tend to have that little bit of decline as they get into their mid thirties. That's absolutely true, but we're not quite there yet. Like you and I, we're in our mid thirties. We're, we're slightly just starting to decline now. Wink everybody. All right, let's get to another pitcher here. Uh, Tariq Skubal of the Detroit Tigers, who has a lot of talent. The problem is last year, gave up a ton of home runs, 35 of them to be exact. So that's a problem. Tariq Skubal has to fix that, but the guy's got an electric arm. Over three games so far this spring, eight and two-thirds innings pitched, 13 strikeouts for Tariq Skubal, just three walks. That's the kind of control you want to see. You want to see a guy who's out there dominating, and you want to see that 2.08 ERA he's also got this spring. Yeah. Now, spring numbers for pitchers are always skewed a little bit, Matt. Sometimes you end up facing the B teams or the, you know, this squad or the taxi squad, whatever you end up, right? It's not a perfect right. situation. But the same can be said on the offensive side. Sometimes the wind's blowing out in some of these little ballparks in Florida where I know you like to spend a lot of time at Del Boca Vista with the uh, the senior ladies down there playing Canasta or, or Bridge or whatever it is you guys I'm do. I'm thinking of running but for office. I, <laughs> I don't know. I sense a scandal if you do. Uh, but Scooble, I think, is one of these guys where everyone's talking about Casey Mize. Everyone's talking about Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez, people like me. But Scooble might be one of these pitchers that kind of sneaks up on you. And I'm sure the Tigers are going to be underdogs in a lot of games this year. But when Scooble's on the mound from a DFS perspective, or perhaps even on the wagering side of things, it's worth taking a look at as underdogs because I do think the Tigers will be that most of the time, as they should be. But Scooble mm -hmm. gives them a chance to win if he pitches like this and, again, gets to limiting the home run. So what do you think about Scooble's chances in this rotation to be a real contributor here for the Tigers? So this extends our Jacob deGrom is out theme throughout the show. Where do you start to go now? Where do you start to look for pitching? So you, you may want to go to Detroit and some of the names that Joe said, but that big thing you said, you said it twice, Joe. So you're listening comprehension about giving up the home runs, and you don't want that. Mm -hmm. But when you read that Scooboo is able to have the strike zone and use that electric arm to maybe hit targets a bit higher, than he was hitting before because leaving the ball down in this day and age the way guys are swinging it's a death sentence so if scuba can start to limit those and the strikeouts pick up Ooh, look at that on a thursday if he's going here's a guy that's probably going to get a good matchup against the other team's sp what three four five at this point you can take advantage of it and you don't have to sit around and hold on to all of your capital because Degrom isn't going on that monday a one day does that make any sense? Because there are some pitchers out there I think that can plug in the later in the week holes, the SP3, 4, and 5s that can make up for one Jacob deGrom wager in a week. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think Scooble is also going to be one of these guys who, if you're looking for secondary pitchers on DraftKings playing DFS, that you could absolutely use in that role, especially early on because he's going to be significantly cheaper. They're going to bake in the cost of the Detroit Tigers lineup um some of the you know if they're playing the white Sox that night it's it's gonna be an underdog let's be honest this is the way it's gonna be but there's some other teams there where they have a puncher's chance against the royals they have a puncher's chance against the cleveland guardians so there's opportunities here where scuba can be used and invested in if he continues to pitch like this and limit the home runs the home runs are those killer though because you know if you give up a, a base runner or two and a guy takes you deep that's the start right there the start's practically over because i don't think detroit has the the run power to kind of come up from deficits. One more guy I want to talk about real quick. He doesn't have that much to prove in the minor leagues anymore. It's Mackenzie Gore of the San Diego Padres. Three game starts this year, nine innings pitched so far in the spring, 11 strikeouts, just one walk, a two ERA. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is a prospect we've been hearing about for a long time, Matt. 
And this is another one of those pieces, too, where we thought he might get traded. He's still there. Do you think Gore could be a contributor this year in this San Diego Padre rotation? Real quick. Absolutely. If this kid comes up, find him in every single facet that you can. I think he's going to be special, Joe. I, I agree. I think Mackenzie Gore, Musgrove, Darvish, if Blake Snell can get right, it's a really good rotation, and they can pitch their way out of that Tatis injury. We come back, a little look at the Cy Young in the American League and National League. We'll be right back right after this on Diamond. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back in. Diamond Bets back on the air. Off the air, uh, Joe Pizzapia, myself, and our producers talking about uh, the living things we have in our homes. I happen to have two little dogs, a cat, two children, a wife, plants. And, you know, you, you begin to talk to them like they are real things, as if they're not. Uh, use at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. You want to know what's living in your house. Joe Pisa, Pia 17, living in your house. Or two, two young children, yourself, several right. random family members. We have fish. Kicking hard on the fish. floorboard. Oh, well, you know, you never know. It's, uh, you know, sometimes things get hit in the way. Sometimes accidents happen. But, you know, sure. I, I got to tell you, this is why we don't have the dogs, because I, I love dogs, but I know what kind of work they are. And you got to you got to take them to oh, walk. Yeah. You got to clean up after them. Uh, I, I've uh, raised two children who are now <laughs> basically self-sufficient. I'm good. I need a break. That's that's what I need. Not Matt Stryker. He's uh, he's chasing after Oof. everybody's poop in his house, no uh, matter what's going on. Uh, but, uh, but Matt, you know, sometimes uh, they say that's good luck, baseball. you know, and sometimes, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it could be in baseball and we're going to look for a little bit of luck when we're looking at the market for Cy Young. How about that transition? Okay. Mike Cardano yeah. is going to give me a raise for that one. I'm telling you that was gold, gold. I'm telling you striker. So the American <laughs> league Cy Young race is kind of wide open. In my opinion, um, you have, a, a huge candidate coming back from injury. You had Robbie Ray win it last year who came out of nowhere. Nobody had Robbie Ray preseason winning Cy Young, let alone finishing with the numbers that guy did. He was unbelievable. He parlayed that into a fantastic uh, contract with the Seattle Mariners, which is well-deserved. But really you start to look at this market, Matt, and I think it's fascinating. And I think you can make a case for the guys at the top just as easily as guys who are 25 to one. So before you even get into the individual names, I'm just curious, how do you see this board in the American League? Because you have some dominant teams. You have potentially a dominant team. And then, you know, the Yankees are always going to get more. They always have a big payroll. So you have Garrett Cole. You have the White Sox guys. There's a couple guys in that rotation you can make a case for. But do they cancel each other out? Like, how do you look at this Cy Young board just fresh before you even dig into the names in terms of what you're looking for in a Cy Young candidate in the American League? It's a great question. Let me walk you through what I do on this date and the way I approach it. I cover all the names. It's the first thing I do. It's the first thing I do a lot of times on any wager. Because remember, this is start of the season. So what's my intent? My intent is to build my bankroll so that once the season gets going, I can play with their money instead of mine, right? That's my goal. My goal is to play with my money for as short of a time as possible. So I cover all the names. Then from there, I just think in my mind's eye, 
Who can emerge? Which teams do I think are good? Which mm -hmm. pitchers do I think are real? Oh, people forgot about that guy. <laughs> then I pull away my hand and I go, ah, look, look who's there from my mind's eye and look who's not. Because the guy that's not, then I search and I go, oh, look at his number. But when you look at, you move your hand and you start to see some of these names, right now in that middle column, two names, three names jump right out at me. Bieber, Cease, yeah. and Berrios. All of them have legitimate yep. opportunities on legitimate teams, Joe. Yeah, they do. Uh, we'll start at the top of the board where Garrett Cole is the favorite at plus 400, which this makes a lot sure. of sense. He's a Yankee. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, it's a media award. And that's the thing I always come back to is, Matt, is the narrative, right? The narrative is a big part of this award. And Robbie Ray and those Blue Jays last year became a great narrative. And it was hard to deny Robbie Ray. And Garrett Cole struggled at times last year. You know, after the sticky stuff incident, right, where it went rampant across baseball, you saw Garrett Cole drop off. You saw Bieber get hurt. You saw a lot of guys. John Means, who was pitching great at the time, disappeared, and he also got hurt and then came back. It was not the same pitcher. So there was a big impact with the sticky stuff situation in Major League Baseball last year that affected this race in a big way. Now, this year, they're going to they're gonna look for it. Uh, I don't know what they're really pretending to do or not do. I don't think anybody cares at this point. We just want baseball back. Right. But Garrett Cole at the right. top makes a lot of sense. Shane Bieber is just as dominant as Garrett Cole and you're getting him at twice the number actually more than 2x the number uh at plus 900 right now and this is on FanDuel that's where these odds are from so Bieber would have to then go that 200 innings and it's not that hard to dial back to 2020 and 2019 to look how dominant Shane Bieber's been Lucas Giolito to me is another one where this is where I start getting really intrigued because Giolito has a big strikeout numbers Pitches on a team that I think has a chance to win 100 games in that division this year in the White Sox. So 10 to 1 is great. The problem is, you mentioned Dylan Cease at plus 1,800. Um, you can look at this board and Lance Lynn at 2,500. There's so many good pitchers. Even Michael Kopech is just a dazzling pitcher. He's not going to have enough innings at the end of the day for this award. But still, it becomes a very difficult thing when you're pitching in a great rotation. Sometimes that works against you, and it's unfortunate. Then we start to get into more narratives, right? Robbie Ray's the defending Cy Young. If he is putting up the same season he did last year, he might win this award again at plus 1,500. Uh, Lance McCullers, I would take him off there at uh, plus 2,000. Shane McClanahan, same thing. I don't think enough innings there. McCullers already dealing with an injury issue. You mentioned Barrios at 25 to 1, and there's a couple guys at 25 to 1 that I think are fascinating, Matt. So the first one's Barrios, because Barrios is a pitcher that we've been waiting for to take that next step. Finally, he's in an offense that can really support him consistently. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of him. So at 25 to 1, do you believe in the Blue Jays enough this year, again, to perhaps create another Cy Young two years in a row off the same team? Brios is the number, and it, it, it is the move. And I think if you look at another guy that's 25 to 1, at least on the graphic that I'm looking at, is Shohei Otani. And I think you're going to get a lot of public mm -hmm. money on Otani. And that's something that, that I want to talk about because I think it's important. You have to understand how public money moves lines. And we talk about the Yankees and the Dodgers always being those public teams, right? Just like the Dallas Cowboys. The guy walking by in the airport is going to throw something. He's throwing it on the Dodgers and the Yankees. Otani becomes that guy. So I think it affects the overall market. And I think you need to look at that and see what it's doing to the other numbers. Barrios at 25 to 1 is a true 25 to 1. That's very nice. A lot of people are going to look at, at Otani and go, oh, you know what? If I had the choice of the two, I'm throwing it on Otani. I know that name more than I know this other name. 
but I do like Barrios. But yeah, man, the narrative is a big thing. That's something you have to think about. And then there's also Justin Verlander. And does he come mm-hmm. back? And does he have the innings? And is he the darling? I get your point, even though I don't like it. But I get it. And it's something you have to factor in. No, truth. Well, I like Justin Verlander for this award. In fact, that's where I put my early money. Because at 25 to 1 on Verlander, let me take you all the way back. Let's get in the time machine. Let's go back to 2018. <laughs> 290 strikeouts, 37 walks, a 2.52 ERA, 116 games. Let's then go another year forward. 2019, uh, through 220 innings, 121 games, struck out 300 guys, 42 walks, 2.62 ERA, 0.81 WHIP. Obviously, he hasn't thrown a pitch since early 2020, right? He had one game, so he's had a long time to recover from this. Tommy John. I know they're going to start him off slow. But April becomes a distant memory in this award. I'm looking at Justin Verlander as a guy that if he gets close to that 260 strikeout range and he comes close to 17, 18 wins, to me, he's the best investment on the board in the American League where you could put a little bit of money now. And if that number of 25 come all-star break becomes six, seven to one, you double down on it, triple down on it if he's having a really good season. To me, Verlander's the guy. All right, let's go to the National League here in this Race has obviously changed quite a bit with Jacob DeGrom now seemingly out of it, in my opinion. Max Scherzer's at the top at plus 600. You got Corbin Burns coming off a fantastic performance uh, yesterday. He's at plus 900 to repeat. Corbin Burns has been absolutely electric. Then you have Zach Wheeler also coming off a fantastic season at 10 to 1. My eye goes to Walker Bueller because Walker Bueller coming off a dominant postseason. Walker Bueller to me is a guy that can really approach 20 wins with that Dodger lineup he's got now with him. Not that it wasn't good last year. Of course it was, but it's even better with Freddie Freeman in it now. To me, Walker Bueller is that guy 10 to one where you can really invest and make that money. The rest of the national league pitchers, we can start to make some long shot cases, but who do you like here at the top? I'm going with Bueller 10 to one. I think Burns will be the other one. I can't believe Burns is just plus 900. I thought he would be somewhere in that three to one range considering how good he was last year. But what do you look at when you look at the top of the board? Where's your eye go? Well, the chalk tells you exactly what it should be. I mean, could we see Burns and Barrios again? Is that something? I mean, mathematically, that's just not the way that I think these things uh, play out. Bueller would then be the next move that my eye would go. But how about Zach Wheeler? If he can be healthy at 10 to 1, it's the same exact thing. I actually think the numbers should be a little better than that. But I kind of throw out chalk. But if you're forcing me, it would be Wheeler just because I think it's fun. But it should be Bueller. It should be Burns. But the uh, secondary and the third picks for me are the ones where I think I can make my most money. Well, you got Woodruff at plus 1,200. Alcantara is plus 16, same as Logan Webb. DeGrom's all the way at plus 1,600 now. Aaron Nola at 20 to 1. And then you've got Max Fried at 25. Now, Max Fried at mm-hmm. plus 2,500. Urias at plus 2,500. Peralta at 30 to 1. These are some really interesting names, Matt. Who sticks out to you? Yeah, the way I'm going to make my money is the same conversation I had up top for the AL. Urias at 25 to 1 is the play I'll go to pivot off of the Bueller being very chalky. And Freddie Peralta, 30 to 1. Let me pivot off Burns, pivot off Woodruff, and land on Peralta. How about that? I love Peralta. Uh, you know, last year, that was my dude coming into the season. I said, look, get all the shares in fantasy you can, make all the early investments because the kids finally figured it out. And that was a spring that mattered. We talked about spring that mattered in the last segment for certain players. This was a spring that mattered last year. And look what happened to that market. Uh, Rodon's not a guy I can invest in. Won't have enough innings. 
Wheeler's tough to me because he was such an anomaly last year compared to the rest of his career where he's been so up and down. Already was dealing with a bit of a shoulder issue. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. You can't count out Max Scherzer. You just can't. He's such an animal. He's such a big dog in that in that sphere. But, you know, you mentioned about sometimes it doesn't happen where the guys repeat. And Cy Young, historically speaking, an MVP the last 30 years, you get these runs where guys win back-to-back or two out of three. It tends to be their window for awards, and the media tends to award them more than once. So Burns might not be such a bad wager after all when you look at him. So I still go back to Walker Bueller. I'm, I'm going with the big Dodger narrative. That's where I'm landing. Sorry to be boring, but I want to make some money. Let's make some money on MVP when we come back. What do you say, kids? We'll be right back right after this on Diamond Bowl. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Diamond Bets is on the air. Matt Stryker, Joe Pizzapia. Follow along anywhere you go at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. Joe, we've been breaking down the way the entire baseball landscape changes because of one major player being on the shelf. And where do we put our investments? And how do we avoid just the absolute bum rush, as they say, of everyone panicking? And I think one of the ways you do it is try to find better bats. And I think a way that we can try mm-hmm. to really look at that is who do we think is going to be the MVP in both leagues? I think that sets up a deeper conversation in our minds. Who's going to be good? Which teams are going to be good? Which lineups are going to be good? Oh, look, I just found my early season darling. So let's talk AL MVP favorites, if you don't mind. Let's do it. What a difference a year makes too. Shohei Otani last year was about 30 to one, I think, for this award. Uh, now he is starting out as the reigning, defending, undisputed uh, MVP in the American League, and he's starting out the year at plus 340 over on FanDuel, as he should. And we have to start here. We're going to start with the favorites for this award, and then we'll talk about some favorite long shots. But, Matt, we're talking about a guy who pitches and hits, and there's nobody mm-hmm. else doing that. And until somebody else does it and does it at the level this guy's doing, I don't know how anybody competes for this award. I just don't because – It's the same argument I made last year on this show. I think it was in, what, May and June when I started this Shohei Otani's the MVP wagon because he just had to hit a certain innings threshold. Like, can you just get to 100-ish innings? Or is he going to approach that level? Because if he does, there's no stopping him because the bat is almost as good as the guys like Trout, the guys like Vlad Guerrero, who are also the favorites here. And that was the whole point I kept making. Vlad could win the Triple Crown last year and contended for it for quite some time. But it doesn't matter because he's not picking up the ball every fifth day and going out and throwing seven innings. It doesn't matter. So you have to consider Shohei Otani the absolute favorite. The fact that it's not even minus money right now is just, I think, just because of the risk of a guy who does pitch. And the risk of a guy that does pitch is the same as the reward, which is he's the lockdown MVP. But at the same time, if that arm goes, he comes out of the lineup and that's a problem. And we've seen that happen to Otani in the past where he's dealt with some injuries. Uh, Mike Trout, his teammate. He's going to have to deal with also rebounding plus 550. Mike Trout has had a lot of time missed in his last few years, Matt, from injury. Arguably the best player in baseball. You've seen some physical decline in him, not performance-wise, but his ability to stay on the field and durability might be the one ability Mike Trout is lacking the most, which to me makes him a tough investment. I want to buy in 
but I can't because the guy on his own team is a better investment and it's too close. Vlad Guerrero Jr. plus 550. Raphael Devers then jumps up. So you got your three clear favorites. Then you start going to that second tier of Raphael Devers at plus 2,000, Aaron Judge at plus 2,400, and Wander Franco at plus 2,400. Realistically, I Devers is the one guy on that row I could make a case for. Wander Franco is going to be tough. I don't think he's going to get enough media attention as great of a player as he is. Yeah. He's not going to get a ton of home runs. Aaron Judge, maybe. If the Yankees are transcendent, okay. You right. can make a case for Aaron Judge, especially with that media market behind him and the Yankees just churning out story after story about how great Aaron Judge is. But to me, it's Otani, it's Vlad. Those are the two spots where I would invest in a favorite for MVP. Wow. But where would you invest in a favorite for huh. MVP? Um, I'm smiling and I'm reacting because now I realize, you know, in the past few weeks, I've done a ton of mock drafts for season-long fantasy, and I draft in 12-team leagues. I usually draft in slot 8 all the way down to 12. Every single draft I've done from 8 to 12, Mike Trout has been there, and I couldn't resist taking him. And I don't understand what people forget. Go ahead and forget. That's fine because there's a huge divide in the baseball world, especially on social media. Baseball social media is a very intriguing world about Mike Trout's greatness. And I think at five and a half to one, you can't ignore that. But you make a good point about Otani. Has he changed the definition of the award? If no one else is doing what he's doing, even if he does it at a mediocre level, he still is more valuable, air quotes, than anyone else. And at three and a half to one, depending on where you find it, Joe's right. The fact that it's not a minus number is you should run and put a ticket and then put it under your pillow and see what happens. But how fun is the cream of the crop of the American League? It really is. The fact that you said that Wander mm -hmm. Franco won't get the attention hurts my heart because as a baseball fan, I Me have too. to separate the two. As a wager and then as a baseball fan, I have to separate the two. Wander Franco is amazing and fun to watch. At 25 to 1, how do you avoid saying, mm, I want to do that? But you're right. No one's going to even look there. Hmm. Uh, 2016, by the way, was the last time Mike Trout played a full season of baseball in the major leagues. Fair enough. Just 114 yeah, games in 2017, point. 140 in 2018, 134 in 2019, 36 last year. Um, again, skipping 2020 is the shortened season. I think right. that's what's sticky. That's why you get the discount. I, I would probably do the same thing you do, which is if he's there, I would take him. That's fine. Like I, I'll take that discount. I'll take that risk because the reward is arguably the best talent in baseball. But for these kind of awards, you have to stay on the field. You can't put in incomplete right. seasons typically and win these awards. It doesn't work like that, especially when your teammate is playing both sides of the ball. All right, let's talk some uh, MVP long shots here. Jose Ramirez, he could get traded and all of a sudden become not so much of a long shot because he's an extraordinary talent, plus 2,500. Kyle Tucker's at that same number. But for me, there's two guys here that are really fascinating. One is Luis Robert, who is at plus 2,500. I have already put money down on Robert for this award. The reason is, I think this is a superstar in the making. This is going to be a high-profile White Sox team. He missed a good chunk of last year with an injury. We're just scratching the surface of how good Luis Robert is. We're talking a guy who could be 30-30 this year. We're talking a guy that could be even a 40-40 kind of contender. That's the kind of talent this guy has. Now, I don't think he's going to get to that mark necessarily, but if he makes that kind of a run, this is the kind of early wager for 10 bucks you could throw on here just for fun and watch the market. And I love, you know, Matt has a great way of, of talking about these markets, which is you put money on and you invest. You invest in a player at a low cost and then see if they grow and see how that's working. And if it's going in a direction, maybe then you invest some more. Robert's that one for me. Bobachet at 30 to one is another one. Uh, Jordan Alvarez in that same group, but Bobachet's an extraordinary talent. 
Problem is, again, him and Vlad, do they cancel each other out? That always becomes a difficult thing. One guy who's on his own, though, is Byron Buxton. And Byron Buxton's yeah. at 30 to 1. Byron Buxton's a phenomenal talent. I know a lot of people think this is the year, this is the year. But I've been hearing that for three years. And there's another guy who doesn't stay on the field. Luis Roberts, my name in the long shots that I have already invested in. I'm encouraging other people to do the same. Matt, of any of these long shots on this board, who are you investing in in 2022 potentially? Well, I do have a name, but I just want to let everyone know within the sound of your voice that Joe Pizzapia is the mind behind the Black Book series. And that RPV that, that he and his team have come up with has changed everything. And Joe has convinced me in the past three years on a lot of players, and he's helped me out a lot. And now, Joe, you're convincing me on Robert. You really are. A lot of leagues, I'm finding myself going, oh, look, he's available. Joe talks about him a lot. Let me click. So I do value your opinion. Uh, Alex Bregman, for me, is the guy. 40 to 1, I think he's another one of these players. There's a theme for mm. me. People forget. When people forget about players that are good, just because you forgot about them, doesn't mean they're not good anymore. And that, that's where I begin to find myself as an investor as well, understanding the overall scope of baseball. I think Bregman's a nice play at 40 to 1, Joe. What's fun about the uh, Robert play too, Matt, just to go back to him for a second, is 68 games last year. He had 336 with 13 home runs, six stolen bases. I don't like to extrapolate, but this is also a young right. player. This is a young player who this is who he is. This is who he was in the minor leagues as a profile. He's a big, strong kid, too. Like, this is a guy that can come on here and I think just become the next big superstar in the American League. And that's what you're looking for. And and look, we got Otani locked in last year. Like I said, I think it was late May, early June, where we started locking in those Otani shares at what I think it was like nine to one or plus 750. We were in on that. This was the show that was telling you after the all-star break, we came back from the all-star break and I went on a big monologue about why you should invest in Bryce Harper at 30 to one. This is the time to invest in Robert now and watch and see how April and May go. And then we come to June and July, maybe invest again, but the early going, the early investment to me is definitely on him. And I feel very strongly about that one. The national league, a little bit more complicated. You have Juan Soto, my favorite player in all of baseball. I love Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. He is plus 360. He's the favorite, but that team is awful. So that's going to be an uphill battle for him. I can't get there. Ronald Acuna, plus 950. He's coming off an injury. Will people forget about the first three, four weeks of the season by the time we get to September? Probably. So if Acuna yeah. is great and the Braves win that division, you could start here, plus 950. Mookie Betts at plus 1100. Same thing. He's playing with Friedman, who's plus 1,200, cancels each other out. It's a hard sell. Lindor, I just don't know if he's going to have that kind of transcendent season. And then it comes to our old friend, Bryce Harper again, plus 1,100 to repeat. I told you, these awards go in cycles too, and this is the Bryce Harper window. We're living in it. Bryce Harper did get Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, but make yeah. no mistake, he's still the superstar in this lineup. So as far as I'm concerned, I am going right back into the Harper market. I've already done it. I've invested. He's my favorite National League guy. So Bryce Harper at plus 1100 is my dude. Who's your dude to the favorites if you have one in the National League, Matt? Well, the cream of the crop in the National League is is a bit thinner at the foam that gets on your nose. It's called a Belgian dip uh, than, than it was in the American League. And Harper is a fun play, but again, you're going to forget about him 
for a majority of the season. He'll just quietly do his thing. But you do bring up a great point that, that bats in the lineup now with Castellanos and Schwarber. And I like Philadelphia as a whole. And we'll talk more about why later on. That could really help Harper solidify his place. But I think the fact that a lot of people see the INJ in red, the injured next to the name of Ronald Acuna Jr. and they shy away. Guys, I think he's going to be back like May 17th. Like, don't even sweat it. And it's nearly the same number as Harper, save for a couple of hundred bucks. So why not Acuna? Why not? Now that Freeman isn't there, you have to look at Matt Olson. Will Matt Olson overshadow Acuna? I think Olson's going to sit at like 25 to 1 maybe. So I think Acuna is the play here, and uh, Harper is a fun a fun play as well. And no one's telling you you can't split a wager early on and, and tuck the ticket away. So those are two names at the top that I like. The way Matt likes to invest, people would call him evil, I believe, right? <laughs> I mean, it's weird. Dr. Evil and I have such a Strange resemblance, hmm. perhaps. Maybe for Halloween. Maybe for Halloween, I might have to dress up as Dr. Evil this year. Uh, let's talk about some of the long shots for National League MVP. Trey Turner, plus 1,800. Matt Olson, plus 24. Nolan Arenado, 27. Tatis is already going to miss significant time. He's 30 to 1. DeGrom, mm. forget it. They're both 30 to 1. I don't like this long shot market. Machado's an interesting narrative at 35 to 1 because. Maybe he carries the Padres. But again, I keep coming back to the same problem. Olsen plays on a team with a bunch of other good Braves. Albies, Acuna, Trey Turner, same thing. It's Turner, it's Betts, it's, it's Freeman. How do you separate them? I pass on the long shot market when it comes to MVP of the National League, Matt. Is there anybody that stands out to you that you want to invest in? Because for me, I can't find one. So here's what I see, though, and that's what's intriguing. Teams change their personalities, and it takes a while for the public to pick up on it. You take a team like San Diego, still to the public, their personality is big bopping bats. Everyone's going to remember what they did last season. They're going to be a pitching team this year, but if Manny Machado hits at 35-1, to he's the long shot play. Also, just because I'm a Cardinal fan, uh, Tyler O'Neill is fun as well. That's a young lineup top to bottom. If they start to hit and any of their pitching comes through, he could be in the conversation as well. But give me Machado on the long shot odds, man. Yeah, Machado and O'Neill are the one guys I think you can make the cases for because they stand out potentially in their lineups. Arenado, Goldschmidt, two very good stars too. I don't know. I mean, Tyler O'Neill maybe could be that new fresh face, but it's the Manny Machado one that I think I agree with you because the narrative is there, which is look at what he did without Tatis there. Look at how he carried this team for three months into the season and look at how they stayed competitive with the Dodgers or maybe even overtake the Dodgers. It's possible. But it's still for me, Bryce Harper. I just, sorry, being boring. We come back, a little history lesson to stay in baseball right here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back again. Diamond Vets is on the air. The things we talk about off the air, we bring to you. Question out there at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, is the percentage of precipitation that you see like on your phone, is that the likelihood that the, it's going to rain? Or I've read it's the percentage of the population in the area that precipitation will touch. Joe, do you have any insight on this at all? No, I have none. None, right? I can only hope that <laughs> okay. I can only hope that the precipitation of this show and the knowledge touches everyone 
that listens and watches to this program on this day in baseball in 1987 little history lesson for you like we always do in 1987 the cubs trade veteran pitcher dennis eckersley who was a a pretty good starting pitcher and along with a minor leaguer dan roan to the a's for three minor leaguers and the rest is history dennis eckersley went on to become a hall of famer and tony la russa and dennis eckersley changed the game of baseball forever making dennis eckersley a clean ninth inning three out reliever who dominated baseball for the next what five six seasons so uh we have dennis eckersley's trade here to thank for modern day relief pitching in the modern day closer role as we know it is that a good thing or a bad thing matt striker it's a great thing and let me tell you something right now if i could grow my hair and mustache and walk around like dennis eckersley today i would do it in a heartbeat is there anything cooler than Dennis Eckersley? Baseball for the win. Oh, there's one thing cooler. Dennis Eckersley followed me on Twitter two weeks ago. How about oh, them apples? That That's cool. right. <clears throat> Tell 10-year-old Joe Pizapia that Dennis Eckersley is going to follow him on Twitter. And you know what he would say? What the hell is Twitter? That's that's what he would say, <laughs> probably. But still, cool nonetheless. No doubt about it. Very, but yeah, Dennis Eckersley... Cool. Completely saving his career. Maybe Jacob deGrom should become a closer, Matt Stryker. Maybe that's Great the point. only way to keep Jacob deGrom being dominant. Smoltz did it. Eckersley did it. Maybe deGrom's next. I don't know. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things might happen in hour two, so don't go anywhere. We're going to go around the diamond with some news. We're going to talk Rookie of the Year. We're going to talk important baseball questions. And who's going to win the World Series? Oh, and some over-unders. So much stuff. We'll be right back right here on Diamond Diamondback. 